Take your Bible and turn with me tonight to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. If you would please stand for the reign of God's Word if you're able to. We're in a series that we started last Sunday night that we have titled Finding It Again. <clears throat> Finding It Again. There's some things that we, I believe, have lost along the way. And it's good that we go back and we find them. I, I started out last week with laying the foundation for this series and talked about how that, <clears throat> and preached about how that uh, Mary and Joseph had went, on, had went down to uh, offer their sacrifices and then they left in the company of their family and friends uh, going back home. And after they had made a day's journey, they got to looking for Jesus and they couldn't find him. Couldn't find him. We find over in Matthew, or not Matthew, but Luke, let me read it to you here. It says, but they supposing him to have been in the company when a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinfolks and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. You know, it's kind of hard for us to think that, boy, you, would, you wouldn't know that your kid, you went a day's journey and you didn't even know your child wasn't with you. But it happens, doesn't it? Some things like that happens. Uh, we, I know some stories where people went off, left their kids at church, sleep under the pew, or left them in Walmart or whatever. Uh, I told the story about Brother Parker leaving his wife at church, thinking that she was in the car. And the fact is that it does happen. But sadly, there's some things in the Christian life that we suppose is still there in our lives, spiritually speaking. And yet, we, when we begin to check things out, we've left it behind. We've left it behind. We talked about the joy last week. We're going to look at something this, uh, this evening. <clears throat> and I uh, almost thought about, boy, I better preface it this one with, the Bible says, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Amen? He said, uh-oh, this don't sound good. <clears throat> thought about installing uh, seat belts in the, in the, in the, in the, in the seats to, tonight, too, but that, that might give it away, too. So anyway... And the fact is, is that uh, the Word of God is what the Word of God is, amen? And we preach the Word of God with the desire not to point out people or anything, or, and, and there's things that hits me hard, and I think that we need to look at our lives because it's so important. First uh, Peter chapter 1, we'll begin reading in verse 13. It says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end, for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. And here's where it gets tough. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. And with that word conversation, by the way, is a word not just talking about your speech, but it's your whole manner of life. Uh, how you live, what you do, and it just goes on. It, it encompasses your whole life. Verse 16 says, Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if you call on the Father who, without respect to persons, judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear, for as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, of, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Look at verse 15 again, be our text, it says, but in 15 and 16, but as he which hath called you is holy, 
So be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. I'd like to preach a message that I've titled, Finding Holiness and Godliness Again. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this evening, and, and Lord, I pray that your hand would be on me and be on this message tonight. Lord, I want your direction. I want to say what you want said, not words that I've written down, not things that comes to that I, I, my flesh wants to say. But Lord, I pray that you'd be glorified. I pray that you'd be lifted up. Lord, they need to see Christ. They need to see you high and lifted up. Lord, may I decrease, may you increase. Lord, I pray that you bless the preaching of that word. Thank you for the dear folks that are here tonight, Lord. We love them with all of our heart. Lord, we thank you for blessing us in such a special way. Even this day, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Be seated. We're living in some very unholy and ungodly times, and these are, you might say, trying times for the church. The reason I say that is because the unholiness and the ungodliness of our day affects the church in many ways. It's a difficult thing for Christians. We go out into the world and we live in a world where there's struggles and, and difficulties around us and we're inundated constantly with the ungodliness of this world. The things, I mean, it's just amazing. Uh, uh, the filth that we are around and the things, the ungodliness that we're around, and it's, it's part uh, that we have to deal with. And so these trying times are for the church and the family and the individual Christian as we are to live a life that reveals and exalts the name of Jesus Christ before lost world. And so it makes it very difficult in many ways. We're in, we're in, in need of finding holiness and godliness. Again, you know, there was a time that you could see a person walking down the street or you could be visiting with somebody and you and the thought would come to your mind, that's a Christian. That's a Christian. But you know what's getting harder and harder all the time? To visit with people or to see people or see people's actions and say, that's a Christian. Because we're seeing so little. And it's amazing. I don't know about you, but there's been, there's been a lot of times that I'll be talking to somebody and and um, I get into talking about the Lord, and then I begin to try to witness to them, to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, thinking maybe I, maybe I can win them to the Lord or get them in church or whatever. And their response is, oh, yeah, I know Jesus Christ is my Savior. I'm saved. And I'm thinking in my mind, boy, you cannot tell it at all. And that's sad. That's real sad. But it's becoming more and more like that as people... In these last days, as things wax worse and worse, the problem is, is that, step up here a minute, why and help me. Um, this is a world, uh, come, come here, just stand right over there. Look like you know what you're doing. All right. <laughs> we have the Lord, we have the church or Christians, we have the world. Here's what we do. This is, this is a distance maybe we're, we're, we're supposed to be trying to get as close to God as we possibly can. We're trying to stay away from the world. You see the distance that we are? We're hand, uh, arm length here, arm length here. The world keeps moving. Here's the sad part. Stop. We move too. Now, our philosophy is this. I'm still an arm's length, the same distance from the world as I've always been. The world goes a little bit farther. And we're still that arm's length. I'm not like the world, preacher. I'm not where the world is. Look at me. I, I'm, look how, boy, look at me. I'm still the same distance I've always been. But you need to turn and look the other direction. And we've moved away from God. Here's the way it should be. 
The world keeps moving that way, and we should keep moving this way, getting closer to God. And you can see by doing so what happens, even if you're at this distance, there has become a major difference between the world and the Christian or the church. Guess what? We're not seeing it, are we? We have departed. We have left behind. We have, 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 have supposed that we are still where we should be, but we've left behind godliness and holiness in a Christian life. Thank you, Phyllis. And so we need to get back to that. We need to get back to that place where there's that godliness and holiness in the Christian life, where the need of finding holiness and godliness again in the church, in the home, in the individual life of a Christian again. And 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So we're not to love the world and go after the world. We're not supposed You say, well, preacher, I don't want to be so different. Can I tell you something? It's not about being different. It's about serving God. And you're going to be different. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not asking you to, and the Bible's not asking you to be weird. He's just asking you to be different. Uh, he, he, the Bible calls us a peculiar people. When he says peculiar, he's not talking that, that, you're, that, you're, that you're just weirdo. What he's saying, he says you're different. And people can see a difference in your life. And so it's so needed today in our, in our lives. That's where our problem is today is that we've fallen in love with the world and the things of the world. We've fallen in love with the fads, the fashions, the entertainment, the speech, the ways, the philosophy. And I could just keep on naming the things that we've fallen in love with that has drawn us away from the Lord but kept us close to the, to the world. And what we're needing to do is we need to get back to the godliness and holiness. The Bible speaks of that falling away. In the last days in which we're in, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3 says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, he's talking about the coming of the Lord, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, otherwise the Antichrist. And so he said, this is what's going to happen. You're going to see a falling away and when he's talking here, he's talking about Christians, he's talking about the church, that they're going to fall away. Well, what are they falling away from? They're saved. They're not, they're not, and, and they are. There's those who are quitting on God. And, and, and I've talked to, and I, I see people say, well, I'll just give it up. And they've quit on God. God hasn't quit on them, but they quit on God. But what the real falling away that you're seeing in the church today is when the church becomes more like the world and drifting away from God himself and the word of God, we become more like the world and we keep traveling with the world and we keep getting farther and farther away and we're leaving godliness and holiness behind away from the presence of God. We still look at our lives and say, well, I'm still not like the world is. No, but you're like the world used to be. You're where the world used to be. The problem is today is that we need to get back to where God wants us. That's speaking of that falling away, God's people, the saved, and so on, how that there'll be that falling away. You see, the plan of God for your life and mine is to conform us into the image of His Son, Jesus Christ, to be more like Him, not to be more like the world, 
but to be more like Jesus Christ. You say, well, preacher, you know, if we're, if we're different, we're not going, we're not going to be able to, to really communicate with the world. Can I tell you something? The world is looking for something that's real. They're not looking for something that's just like them. They're looking for some answers. They look around and they see that everything that's like them has got problems. And so they're looking for something that's real, and that means something that really is going to be different from what they are. They're not looking for what they already are. They're looking for something different. That's why, by the way, that's why the world keeps going in that direction. Is because they're looking for some answers, but they're looking for it in the wrong place when they need to be coming back to the Lord. But the problem is the reason they're not coming that direction is because they're not seeing that godliness and holiness that represents the Lord. So the Lord wants to conform us into the image of His Son to be more like His Son. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 29 says, For whom He did foreknow, He did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. Otherwise, He said, I want to change your life so that you're more like my Son, Jesus Christ. He said, I want to work in your life. I want, I want your life to reflect. I want people to look at you and see my Son. That doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect. That doesn't mean that you're going to be sinless. That doesn't mean that you're going to be, that, that everything's going to be jolly and great and there are not going to be any problems. No. He said, I'm conforming you. I'm change, I want to change you more into the image of my son so that people can see my son Jesus Christ in your life. Jesus Christ himself said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Otherwise, he wants to change your life so that he can lift up Jesus Christ through your life and my life. And so there's a change that he's working on. Well, part of that is called godliness and holiness. Sometimes when we talk about holiness, people get this idea that it's some monk or something sitting off somewhere in some type of robe and chanting all kinds of chants and all this. My friend, that's not what the Bible says holiness is. In fact, if you go into the Old Testament, you'll find that holiness was when they would take even the the uh, the instruments used for the sacrifices and and stuff in the in the in the temple and uh, they would they would make them and then they would be sanctified or set apart for the use of God. They were called holy. Your life and my life is to be set apart for the use of God, called holiness to magnify Him, to glorify Him, to be used of Him. I'm not talking about a holier-than-thou attitude. And you see that sometimes. People, they become judgmental. I'm talking about a, a Pharisaical judgmental spirit, but a life that is definitely different than the world and that reflects Jesus Christ. Well, secondly, holiness and godliness is not about you. It's not about you. It's about the Lord and it's about others. That's what holiness is, and godliness is really about. We find that to be holy, as I said, is to be set apart from sin or the worldly ways. Be set apart from that and be set unto the Lord. A moral and ethical purity. It's about behavior, the display of your life, and Christianity as to be one that reflects the Lord. And so your life should be that which complements and brings forth the Jesus Christ before people. First of all, it's about obedience to the Lord. 
Look there in 1 Peter 1, 15, 16. It says, but as he which hath called you is holy. Now notice what it says. So be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Verse 16, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. He didn't say, if you want to, why don't you try it? He didn't say, if it's convenient, be holy. He didn't say, if it works out for you, be holy. No, he said, be holy. That is a command. He's looking at your life and my life. He says, I want you to represent my son. And so I want the world to see when they know that you're a Christian, I want them to know that, that, uh, that, that you represent my son. He said, I don't want you to mess it up. He said, so be holy. Be godly. Secondly, it's about who we are and who we belong to. We belong to the Lord. We find in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20, it says, What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own, for you've been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and spirit, which are God's. We belong to the Lord. We don't belong to ourselves. You say, well, preacher, I can live my life any way I want to. You're right. You're right. But what if I went out here and I said, hey, I look at this here, look up and down the, um, the parking lot and say, hey, you know what? I can drive any of these cars I want to. I just go out there and steal it. Well, preacher, that's not right. I can still do it. That doesn't make it right. We belong to the Lord. This body belongs to the Lord. And everything that this body does, everything this mouth says, everything that I put on this body, everything that every place I take this body, everything that I involve this body in, it should, it should, be, a test, it should be a testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. We belong to Him. He said, be ye holy. It's a command. He said that, and we, and we find that we belong to him. So for that reason, we should, do, we should want to represent him in a, in a great way. It's not only about who we belong to and about obedience, but it's also about who we represent as a born-again Christian. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did, bespeak, did, excuse me, did beseech you, by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. He said, you're ambassadors. Otherwise, you represent God. We've got to realize that we are God's representation. Jesus Christ came into this world. He, he walked among us for 33 years, and, and he went to the cross, died in our place, rose again. He went back to the right hand of the Father. Now he left us behind that we might be a witness, that we might be an ambassador for him representing him. If the United States has an ambassador that goes to another country, the reason they go to that other country is to represent the United States. They don't go to that country to represent themselves. They don't go to that country to represent Russia. They don't go to that country to represent China. They don't go to that country to represent any other nation. They go there to represent the United States. Whether they agree with what the United States says or does, they're there to represent the United States. Guess what? We're ambassadors for Christ. And part of that holiness and godliness is for us because we represent 
the kingdom of God, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Heavenly Father. And we're to represent Him the way He wants us to represent Him. We're to follow Him, magnify Him, glorify Him, lift Him up, exalt Him. It's so important that we understand that. Thirdly, it's about who we are to please with our lives. Why should we, preacher, why should we worry about godly zones? Because it's about these things that I'm talking about here. And part of it is, is who we're to please. Colossians 1.10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord. And notice what it says next, unto all, unto all, unto all pleasing. Being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So basically, part of that of being holy and and living a godly lifestyle is that we might please the Lord. You say, preacher, I think it's time for me to please myself. Well, I understand you can do that. And though that's what the world's doing. That's why they keep going that direction. As long as you are out to please yourself, that's the direction you're going to go towards the world. But when you decide that I'm to please God, then you're going to draw nigh to God. He said, draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you. And when we decide that I want to be pleasing unto the Lord, not, it's not about me. It's not about him. It's not about him. It's not about anybody else. It's about pleasing God. If you're a born again Christian tonight, if you're sitting here and you know uh, beyond a shadow of doubt that you're saved, you're on your way to heaven. I'm going to tell you something. You better put pleasing God first in your life instead of pleasing yourself. Well, preacher, there's some things that I really think I want to do. And I don't know that it necessarily lines up with the Bible or necessarily what God wants to do. Then I wouldn't do it. He said, well, I, I want to please self. Well, you can. But understand, you're going to go that direction, not that direction. Fourthly, and this is really important too. It's about others. Living a godly lifestyle, a holy lifestyle, is about the Lord, but it's also about others. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 13 through 15, it says this, And make straight paths for your feet lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. Otherwise, he said, stay on the path for the Lord. But if you begin to do what you want to do, you're going to go a different direction than after God. He said, make your pathway straight. Make it straight for the Lord, the way of God straight. But let it rather be healed. And then he says in verse 14, follow after peace with all men and holiness. And notice what he says here without which no man shall see the Lord. Verse 15 says, Look, looking diligently, lest any man fail of grace of, of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up, trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. When it speaks about not seeing the Lord, if we fail to live a life of holiness, take note, it's not talking about that you won't see God. But what it is, it's when you don't follow after peace and, and, and the things of God, is no, sir, it says uh, that we're to follow after peace with all men. Therefore, if we fail to live a life of godliness and holiness, sanctified, set apart for God, 
then they'll not see the Lord in your life. They will not see the Lord in your life. That's sad. They'll not, you'll not experience the power and presence and the blessings and the grace of God on your life, and therefore others will not receive a witness of the Lord from your life. What a terrible thought to one day be standing in heaven and watching the Lord judge the lost, and they're standing before the Lord, and they look up and they see you standing over there, and they'll say, I didn't know that you was saved. I didn't know you was a Christian. Why we were we was the best friends and 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 we did things together that Christians aren't supposed to do and and you live this way and you talk this way and you never showed me that. That's a sad day. In fact, the Bible says in Ezekiel that their blood shall be required at our hands because we failed to warn them. How could we have warned them, preacher? How, how what, you know? We need to get back and find that which we've left behind as Christians, and that's godliness and holiness, so that they can see the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. It's not that we become judge and jury of their life. It's that we live a life before them that this world can see Jesus Christ in us. I'm going to be honest with you. Your words mean nothing. And my words mean nothing. Unless our life is coupled with it. You can say what you want to, but they're watching our lives. That's why we've got to get back to godliness and holiness. Where the world can see the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. I'm not talking about becoming Amish. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about living for the Lord and putting Him first. And staying away from the things of the world that will be a poor testimony. The Bible says abstain from the very appearance of evil. You say, well, preacher, it's not really evil. But does it appear evil? If so, stay away from it. Because it will be a poor testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. It might cause others to fall. Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light so shine. Otherwise, your life. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Otherwise, men look at our lives. People are watching us continually. And they need to see some light. They need to see something that's real. They need to see the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the light of the world, and they need to see Him in our lives. But if we're just like the world, if we, just talk, if we dress like the world, if we talk like the world, if we act like the world, if we do what the world does, can they see Jesus Christ in that? Absolutely not. They need to see something that's real. They need to see holiness and godliness again in the church, in Christians' lives, and in the home. You know, 
I'm going to say something here. Just come by, grab it. When you're my age, you grab anything that comes by because you may never come by again. Moms, dads, grandmas and grandpas, listen to me. In your home, your kids and your grandkids better see the Lord. Well, preacher, we go to church on Sunday, Wednesday. They better see the Lord in your home, in your life, in your actions, in your talk, in your walk. Basically, could I sum it down to two words I've been using all night? Holiness and godliness. Do you know why we're losing the next generation? Because we don't have the holiness of godliness in our homes. The kids are looking at it and they're saying, must not be much to it. They can talk a big talk at church or when they're around the preacher. But boy, when they're home, all the stuff that they watch on TV, all the things that they read, all the things they say, all the things they do, doesn't match up with it. Boy, it's getting quiet in here. But it hits me too, see. I think we need to look at this and be honest with ourselves. Okay, preacher. So how do we find holiness and godliness again? In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, you ought to jot that down and go, go back and look at it. Homework, amen? Everybody likes homework. But in verse 1 it says, Furthermore, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus Christ, as ye have received of us how ye ought to... Listen to what, what Paul says here. Received of us how ye ought to walk. That's your life. And to please God. So ye would abound more and more. God will bless your life as we walk and please Him. For ye know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. And look at verse 3. He says, for this is the will of God. Even your sanctification, otherwise you're setting apart, that ye should abstain from fornication. Verse 4, he says that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel. That's your body. This is the vessel of God. He said, you should know how to, how to use it and, and, and how, to, how to take care of it and what it's used for. He's how to possess that vessel in sanctification, otherwise being set apart, and honor. Honor of who? The Lord. Not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles, which know not God. Verse 7, I'll jump down to verse 7. For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. We've been called unto holiness, godliness. We're to walk, we're to, uh, or to live, to please the Lord, not man, not self, not fashion, not the latest trends, and on goes the list. That means in order for us to find, again, godliness in our churches, in our homes, in our individual lives, we must follow after the Word of God. Who or what sets your standard that you live? Who is it? Well, I guess it's me, preacher. Then set by the wrong one. The things that you do. Who sets that standard for you? 
Well, you know, I, I you know, I, me and me, I, you know, I just do what so and so does or whatever. That's the wrong one. It should be the Word of God and the Spirit of God, not Hollywood, not the sports figures, not not the government, not uh, the TV, not the neighbor, not the the actors, not the the uh, fashion designers, not the not the all these people who are constantly you know what did you ever stop and think about how the world is working on you to get you to be like them so that they can sell you something that's all they're interested in they're interested in this they don't give a flip about you all they care about is getting your money and the sooner you realize that you say well how do you know that well Every time that they, they come out with something, boy, everybody runs out and buys it. And then they put all these ads on TV. And borrow this minute. You got to have the next one. You got to have the latest one. You got to have the best one. You got to have the fastest one. You got to be known for having this one. Am I right? I guarantee you take that and make the phone calls you need to make. Your girlfriend lets you a text. <laughs> They don't care about you. But the Lord does. And he tells us that we're to follow after godliness and holiness to live for him. That means in order for us to find, again, godliness and holiness, some things have to change. 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1 says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Preacher, what does it mean perfecting? I I thought we couldn't be perfect. We're not. It talks about maturing and applying holiness to your life. Applying it to your life. You see, you're still going to stumble. You're still going to have struggles. But my friend, when you begin to try to apply the Word of God, the things of God to your life, God's going to bless you. And you're going to be pleasing unto the Lord. You see, it's a lot easier, I'll be honest with you, to preach why godliness and holiness, the why of it, than the how of godliness and holiness. It really is because it gets against our flesh. That's why I said the verse at the beginning about the not being, you know, not letting the things of this word or the preaching of God's word upset you. You see, what's important is what we watch on your TV, on your computer, on your cell phone. It's important. In fact, the scripture says in Psalms 101 verse 3, says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. One of the biggest problems that we're having today in all ages is with the cell phones and the computers 
The pornography is running rampant of all ages, and not just among men, but also among women, young ladies. I'm talking about young kids. And that's why he says, I'll set no wicked thing before mine eyes. Christian, Satan wants to entrap you and destroy you. That's why you have to be cautious. Our speech, what we say, should be godly. We're going to answer for it. Matthew 12, 36 says, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. You see, I'm around a lot of, uh, of professed Christians, but I'm telling you what, their mouth is filthy. Cussing, telling the dirty jokes. I, I, several years ago, this has been before I, I moved here, a man that is a good man, I, I love the man, and, and, uh, and he's a Christian, and, and he loves the Lord and everything. And, and one day we were, he, he was dealing with a customer, and man, I mean, they got into it, and the, the, the curse words, the cussing went flying. And he came up to me because it was bothering me, evidently, because I'd heard it. He said, I don't like to do that. He said, but you know, sometimes in business, you just got to do what you got to do. You got to talk to them just like they talk to you. And I said, I don't think so. Because I used to be in business. And I had a guy call me one time, and I mean, it was, it was filthy. And I told him on the phone, I said, listen, you can talk to me like a person, like a human being. I'm not your dog. Or I'm going to hang up on you. And he blasted out a couple words, and I hung up on him. Phone rang back. I answered it. It was him again. And he blankety, 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 blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, I'll hang up on you again because that's what I told you not to talk to me like. I hung up again. He called me back again. And I got the first words. And I said, if you want to talk to me without using the cuss words, I'll talk with you. Otherwise, I'm going to hang up the phone and I'm not going to answer it again. And you settle down and come to find out the problem was on his end, not my end. I say, what was it? I worked on TVs and stuff. When you take, take those backs off and stuff, the, the, the plug-ins, there's a plug-in in them, and some of, uh, uh, of them have a, a plug-in. Well, when he hauled it, he yanked the plug-in out of the back of the TV. Well, it was still poked up in there, and it was holding it, and he just plugged it in into the electrical outlet, and it wouldn't work. Well, guess not. It wasn't plugged into the TV. You see, we don't have to talk like the world. And we don't have to use the world's jokes. They start that stuff with me. I had a guy one time, he said, I'm running out of time, but I'm going to tell it anyways. <clears throat> I got you captive. <clears throat> guy walked in and he started, he started telling me a dirty joke one day. I said, mm -mm. He said, I don't listen to that type of stuff. Oh. He walked out and left. A few days later, he was one of these guys that always had a joke. I mean, and, and he was always sharing with everybody. He walked in a few days later. He said, got a joke for you. It's clean. <laughs> but here's the problem. Christians many times get caught up in that. That's not being, that's not godliness. That's not holiness because 
That's the way the lost world talks. They can't see Christ in that. Our actions, throwing fits and getting mad and, and all that sort of stuff, it doesn't solve anything. Our actions uh, uh, speak loud. Our dress and presentation of ourselves. The Bible talks about for women to be modest and, and men that we're to, to wear that which uh, pertains to a man also. And, and, we're to, and there, there's to be that, that godliness in, in how that we conduct this body and use this body. Well, preacher, you're just nitpicking. No, no, no. Listen to me. When the world sees you, do they see Jesus Christ? I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you're not a good person. But we have left behind godliness and holiness. And this world does not see Jesus Christ like they ought to. And we need to get back to that. It, it, we're living in a time when, when the world is tweaking our kids to be like the world. But here's what's sad too. It's tweaking us that way. Our faithfulness. We've got to a place anymore more that everything takes precedent over the Lord. People are watching your faithfulness unto the one that you say is that your Lord and that you love. And they're watching that. The way we treat others, even the lost, they're watching that. Consistent living at home and at church. I spoke of that just a while ago that our families are watching it. They need to see that, that same godliness and, and holiness uh, that we would portray at church. They need to see that in the home. We could go on and on and on. But I think you understand. Getting our lives in line with the Word of God is what we need and not the world. Getting back that godliness and holiness that we have supposed that we have, but we've left it behind because we keep moving with the world. Second Peter 3, and I'm closing. Verse 11 says, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. He says, otherwise everything's going to burn up one of these days. If you read the, in context, he says, seeing all these things will be dissolved. Everything's going to burn up. It's, it's going to come to an end. Things are closing down. He said, seeing that, what manner of persons ought you to be? And then he says it this way, in all holy conversation and godliness. He said, what are you supposed to be like when it comes to holiness and godliness? Knowing that all this stuff is going to come to an end. Knowing that one day you're going to stand before the Lord. Knowing one day that you're going to give an account of how you've lived, what you said, what you've done, where you've been, how you dressed, what you talked about, the things that you've been involved in, and all that junk going together. You see... Again, godliness and holiness is not about you. It's about the Lord first. But it's about others. Because the people you're around are the people God has placed in your path to point to Jesus Christ. Not just your words is going to make the difference. If you knew...
the Lord would be visibly at your side tomorrow. If you knew that the Lord would be visibly... Come back here, White. If you knew that the Lord would be visibly with you tomorrow, all day long, all week long, talking, seeing one another, what would you change? What would you change? I thought about that and I thought, thank you. Because I look at my life and I said, you know what? I've got to get back to godliness and holiness. I've got to make sure that it's all in line. You see, when I sit down and I study and the Lord deals my heart about that, fingers begin to come back this direction. And I thought if I needed a lot of it, you might need a little of it. Because I, in our day and time, the world is catching us up. We're not intentionally running from God. We're not intentionally trying to disobey Him necessarily. But we're getting caught up with all that stuff. And before long, we're way over here. And God's way over there. We need to get back to that godliness and holiness, a way of life that has been kicked to the curb by the church and by Christians. Let's bow. Father, I thank you for loving us. Thank you for your mercy and goodness to us. Cleanse us from all sin. Lord, we love you. Lord, this preacher will be the first one to say, I need to get back to some godliness and holiness in areas, some areas of my life. Lord, I pray that you'd help each of us to be honest with ourselves because it's so important, so important in the day in which we live that this world would see Jesus Christ in us. And sadly to say, supposing, because we know Christ our Savior, and know that we're going to heaven. We're supposing that we're still showing godliness and holiness. And possibly we've left it behind. And possibly it's just that we need to deal with some, a few areas in our lives. But whatever it might be, Lord, draw us to you. Have your one way tonight, I pray in Jesus' name.